On today's show, previewing the Cavs weekend homestand plus a new segment, What Matters Most. Let's dive in on this Locked On Cavs for Friday, October 27th. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check and no late fees. All right, I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerel. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work on a production. All right, we're looking ahead to two Cavs home games this weekend. That's Cavs Thunder on Friday. That's the home opener. And Cavs Pacers on Saturday, with the first of many divisional matchups this year. And then segment three, we're going to play a new game, What Matters Most? Three topics, we're going to decide which one of these actually means the most. But to start with Cavs Thunder, Evan, here's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. They have all these big wings, these big creators. We just saw what Cam Thomas did to the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and how they struggled with him at, at times in this game. They certainly showed his water off enough late, but he had the most points of any player in that game. So I'm looking at SGA, who was who is awesome as an All-NBA guy. I'm looking at Giddy. I'm looking at Jalen Williams, wing Jalen Williams. I am really looking forward to seeing how the Cavs handle and, and approach defending those kind of guys with the personnel they have now. And whether there's Jared Allen or not, we don't exactly know yet if they're going to have him, but they're going to have their hands full, I think, dealing with those wings on Friday night in the home opener. Oh, yeah, they absolutely are. I think the Thunder are one of, uh, are going to be like one of those teams I enjoy tuning into and just ch- checking out because of all the dudes they have on their roster. Like you mentioned, both Jalen Williams's. Um, SGA, there's Josh Giddy, uh, there's um, Chad Holmgren. They still have Poku there. Like they, they have a lot of interesting dudes on this team, and like the the Thunder are kind of like in this interesting spot where they're getting ready to level up and still have more picks than God, so they can still go like big name hunting if they actually absolutely want to, or kind of keep fleshing this thing out organically. But this will be an interesting test for the Cavs. Like both games are two teams like when you look at Brooklyn like very forward heavy in terms of just like their depth chart and personnel and then you look at the Thunder another very big team one through five and they like to play bigger uh just across the board and everything um when they're on the court and so like this will be an interesting test just because like the Cavs do have a smaller backcourt and like he with the world without Jared Allen like it's going to be a test for Evan Mobley it's going to be a test for Max Struess, Isaac Okoro, George Niang, Ty Jerome. Like the Cavs are trying to get new faces acclimated and figure out this new offense, whereas the Thunder, like, I don't know, like a pretty interesting test, at least. Like it's going to be a fun home opener for the Cavs and for like basketball nerds like you and I. Like the Thunder are just like one of those teams, like, yeah, this is just going to be a really like good, high quality basketball, like where you see some just really dope stuff from either team because stylistically there are some similarities, but like they do provide like different matchup wrinkles that test uh either squad on offense or defense i i also think coming out of this game let's just assume jared allen is still out on friday and i think like he hasn't practiced yet either not going to practice thursday like i i jb has said that he needs to get back in and get some reps in before he's going to be good to go so let's just say he's out friday and and that you know means out saturday as well probably I think Okoro should just start Friday. Even if like Dean yeah. Wade's back from this illness that kept him out for the season opener, 
I think Okoro, just based on what you need, should start. He and you know how you ever want to match things up. I think is a is a question. You could go a couple different ways, but I I think he should be the one starting as the as the fifth guy when you look ahead to to this to Friday night some opener and possibly Saturday as well, assuming Allen is still out. Yeah, you don't want to shake things up too a bit, but again, the the similarities between Brooklyn and Oklahoma City are where Isaac Okoro becomes really useful for this team just because he does provide really good point of attack defense. You could put him on SGA to start the game and kind of do like some interesting hiding techniques on other players, whether it's like Struce, Mobley, or sorry, not Mobley, um, Struce, Mitchell, or Garland, um, and just kind of figure it out with the wrinkles like that. But again, if you're trying to like build this new offensive flow and approach, maybe help Evan Mobley out a little bit on defense since he's starting at the five, again, assumedly in heading into this uh, Friday night matchup, um, want to make life easier, just put your best point of attack defender on like the biggest threat on the floor for Oklahoma City, and that is Shea Gilgis Alexander. And then you just work on how you can approach and attack the Thunder in different ways to make them uncomfortable and uh, maybe not do what the Bulls did in Chicago's home opener, where they blew a pretty big lead to the Thunder and ended up losing like quite a bit. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun matchup. And I think between these two games, whether it's Indiana or Another interesting, like they blew the bricks off um, Washington in their home opener. Like they they well, played like the one of the fastest pits. It's not hard to do, but like they do play like one of the wizards. fastest places. Wizards, wizards, wizards are doo doo feces. So, um, hundred forty three points given up. Holy crap! By the Washington yeah, Wizards, but like the, the the Pacers also have like one of the fastest teams in the league, and like that's another interesting test. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. But like three kind of just like interesting matchups for the Cavs to kind of wet their whistle and get them acclimated to regular season ball because all three teams like aren't dominant. I'd say the Thunder like the best of the bunch, but they are annoying enough that you do have to like come in and like take them seriously because you can get out of control really quickly and then you're digging yourselves out of a hole for the entire game. What's your? Do you have anything else that you're looking forward to in in Cavs Thunder that that's popping to you? Uh, I really want to see Chet Holmgren versus Evan Mobley, just because. Yeah, that's just gonna be a fun matchup. Like Chet, um, the the game against Wemby when the Spurs played the Thunder in preseason was a lot of fun. I'm just like, yeah, there, there's something here. Like Wemby's gonna win uh, Rookie of the Year, but like Chet is likely gonna finish second. He's gonna be the second best rookie, even though whatever semantics like. But like that's just I he's don't know. a rookie, the, yeah, yeah, he's a rookie. But like, people are like, well, he's not actually a rookie because he was drafted two years ago. People will say that, but either way, um, it's just gonna be a fun matchup. Like the Thunder, like I like both Jalen Williams is like they they are just a fun team. Uh, like I really like how they've kind of really like stripped everything down to the core. Like they they pivoted well after the Durant uh, Westbrook. Arden era from many many moons ago like almost a decade ago at this point and they're kind of primed to like throttle the NBA if they really want to and I think like Chet's just like an interesting piece where like he could be like a franchise guy next to SGA or is he just like a freakish anomaly that like doesn't make sense physically because like a big guy shouldn't be that kind of like when Benyatta and Mobley and that's just gonna be a fun matchup between those two yeah and I, and I think it'll be cool to see how they contrast because I think Chet's going to have a different kind of and in, in, in some ways more modern and complete offensive bag in a way Mobley does not. But, you know, they're going to see them put each other through the paces, I think. And that it's cool to see young guys who have 
been around each other, competed against each other, all that stuff, and they're around the same age. Like that's just a cool thing to see, um, and see how they handle it. And, you know, do the Cavs? I mean, I wonder if there's a thought to maybe just try to go a little bit bigger and say like we can we can bully him a little bit, or you know, is it a game where Mobley's physicality needs to come through a little bit more? I would argue that that's a game where you want to see Mobley really. Like, if there's ever a game where, like, Nick Claxton is strong as heck, and, I, you know, you're going to have Unit. some issues with him. He's just, like, a really good defender, and that guy rules. Check considering, you know, I know he had a year away. He's, he's definitely bigger. He's got, the, he's got the classic beard that you have when you, like, grow a beard for the first time, and, like, no one's going to tell you it looks bad, but, Chet, that beard looks bad, my guy. Um, you look Amish. You look like a seven-foot Amish guy, and, like, that's your vibe, I guess. Go for it, but... Mobley should be stronger than him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Mobley just should be. And like, let's see him blow him up. Like Chad Holmgren, seven one, hundred ninety five pounds. Um, to Chris's point, like in terms of just modernity to his game, he is a power forward by trade because the Cavs, or sorry, the Thunder still play him at center, but he's a power forward by trade. But like, he is more of a three point shooting big, whereas Nick Claxton is just an absolute unit that likes to bully down low, get rebounds, and just be like a second chance opportunity guy. So, like, it's a different defensive matchup for Evan Mobley in this game. And I'm curious to see, like, what kind of things do we get from Evan Mobley in terms of just like him defending in space or isolation or just having to be dragged out from the paint um, because he probably is going to spend a lot of time uh, mirroring and guarding Chad Holmgren in this game. All right, coming up next, we're going to look ahead to Cavs-Pacers, the Saturday night game in this two-game Cavs weekend homestand that gets them warmed up for the season. That's coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by a new sponsor to us, and that's Dave. At one time or another, we've all needed a little bit of financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks. He can help you build credit by setting extra cash advances on time. Finances can be so intimidating. That's where Dave can help. It can make managing money so much easier with interest-free extra cash, free fee-free goal tracking, and easy ways to build a side hustle to make more money. It is the banking app that is leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check and no late fees. It is part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. You can even build credit when you settle up on time, and millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier. So if you're in a pinch, you get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on NBA. That's dave.com slash locked on NBA. You get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. So again, download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on NBA for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provide by Evolve member FDIC. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical and their amazing doctor-created Jace case. The Jace case is the thing you can use to get different life-saving, helpful antibiotics, medications that you're going to need in a pinch at the times you need the most. It is never Good to be unprepared, and that's where the Jace case from Jace Medical comes in. They have a customer, for instance, that says, quote, I had a sinus infection. My doctor's out of town. I couldn't get an appointment. So I had the Jace case. It came the same day that I needed it, and I was able to get the help that I needed without seeing the doctor. 
Jace is always also working to expand their medication offering, so you're going to be able to customize it as well. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Right now, you can go to jacemedical.com and check that out. Uh, you can go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and go get yourself a personal supply of five antibiotics that you 50 plus. All right, Cavs Pacers. Evan, what are you looking forward to in Cleveland's second home game this weekend between, against Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers? So again, this is like a interesting, annoying matchup for the Cavs. Um, not like in terms of just like the forwardiness of the Nets and the Thunder, but like the, the Pacers do play at a very, very fast pace. They again blew the doors off the Washington Wizards in their season and home opener, but it's just going to be like another interesting kind of weird, like or fun matchup rather. But like Ty, Tyrese Halliburton's a bigger guard. He's going to provide a ton of pressure on the Cavs. Like, do they start Isaac Okoro for the third game in a row? Uh, especially if Jared Allen is available to slow Halliburton down. Like, how does that mobile deal with like defending Miles Turner? Um, how does the power forward depth situation shake out? Like, like for the Pacers, just because like they do have like a, a lot of just a lot of young players across every position that can like just really provide some meaningful minutes. Like Buddy Heald could be a guy that gives the Cavs some headaches too, just because like he is a three point shooting threat for Indiana and like will stretch out the floor and provide spacing in a way. And maybe like the Cavs have a hard time like guarding both the, the threat he possesses and also just like what Halliburton gives you as well. Like a lot of just interesting tests for these first three games for the Cavs. And then like they play the, the Orlando magic not soon after either. And like the magic are another team that's kind of in this vein too, that like, they're young, scrappy, annoying, and provide like a, a, a interesting pressure points that hit the Cavs in ways that maybe are pretty good high quality tests just to start out the year for them. Yeah, I think I think they're an interesting team because they have the big guard, they have the center, like they have pressure points that I'm I think they can push against. But I was reading our, our friend of the program, Tony East, coverage at the All Pacers over at Sports Illustrated. He and was listening to him on Lockdown Pacers, which you can go check out right now. And he was he had some notes about how they were not a particularly good defensive team. They were in the bottom half of the league in terms of defensive rating. It was better than last year's defense still, but this was like this was without he noted in his write-up, the Grizzlies didn't have Ja, the Hawks didn't play Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, and the Cavs, when they played them, sat Darius Garland and Jared Allen. They have really struggled to get stops. They're going. They're implementing a new scheme. There's going to be things to learn there. Um, according to you know his reporting, he talked about how they're trying to limit opponent threes this season and be better in these one-on-one situations uh, and and evolve. But so this isn't a defense in flux. This is a Cavs offense that is obviously still learning and growing and expanding itself. And we're gonna we we don't know exactly what it's gonna be yet. But I kind of I'm looking to see if the Cavs can go out and just have like a really really good offensive performance against a a, def- a team that has some interchangeable pieces and and doesn't have its defensive footing yet. Yeah, and that, that that is an interesting point. Just like as you said, Tony pointed out, like the Cavs were missing key players um, in the preseason against Indiana. But like I wouldn't take too too much stock just because it's the preseason game, and also 
Yeah. I, I do like try to keep including the fact that the, the Pacers blew the doors off the Washington Wizards, the worst team in basketball on paper and probably this entire season. So not a lot, this not a lot of stock to take from that either. I, I don't know if Indiana's on the second game of a back to back when they play Cleveland on Saturday, but regardless, like if, or if it's like the first game of a back to back for them, but like this could be an interesting matchup just because the Pacers, again, like I said, um, are that type of team like the Thunder and like the Nets, like the Cavs could easily handle them if like everything is going perfectly for them. And th- that's just not the case, especially early in the season. But if the Cavs maybe just don't come ready to play, like the, the Pacers could build a pretty sizable lead and the Cavs will be having to find themselves in an awkward and frustrating situation where they're one, digging themselves out of a hole and two, having to maybe go shot for shot like they did against the Nets in the uh, season opener. And if you're Cleveland, you kind of maybe want to avoid having to do that every single night. Yeah, the Indiana is off Friday for context. And last year, they had the league's 26th ranked defense, according to the clean of the glass, defensive rating of 118.7. Here are the teams worse than Indiana in defense. Portland, Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio. So not exactly good company for them on the defensive end based on last year. Um, and, you know, they haven't, I don't think they're going to be significantly better this year. So I, yeah, the Wizards are also just, they gave up a lot of points to the Wizards who are also, to who are like, they have guys who can get buckets, but that team just, team stinks. Like that team, we've, we keep hitting on this and the Cavs, like when they play them should absolutely like crush them. And I think every team, like the Wizards are going to like win 19 games and it's just not going to make sense of how they like got to 19 wins. Well, we'll see. The, not Bulls, the, point, but, the Bulls might be, uh. In contention, too. We're only one game into the season, and they've already had a players-only meeting in the locker. God, God bless the, the Chicago Bulls. Like, like the, the alpha, Philly Donovan the walked three in, alphas back. Yeah. Um, there's heated words being exchanged amongst players. Donovan asked if he should be there. The players told him to get out, and he left. And I, he said, I love it when my so players back. hold each other accountable. But yeah, but TNT, baby. We love drama. Uh, no thank drama, you to no it's we love drama that's the right phrase i don't know if they do programming anymore but anyway uh check out lockdown bulls for coverage of that that's going to be dicey but look Cavs should evan let's get a prediction uh what's the Cavs record friday saturday i'm gonna go two and oh i'm gonna be an optimist they're gonna start the year three and oh i think they're gonna start the season three and oh as well just because they are at least based on last year they were a very 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 good home team and i would assume just with the crowd behind them, because I think there's just legitimate excitement about this Cavs team this year, they can ride the energy from the fans both Friday and Saturday night into two pretty I good w- wins, yeah. and then they start to shift focus towards those uh, that home and home Halloween November first uh, series of the Knicks. All right, one more segment. Come back. What matters most? A new segment here on Locked On Cavs. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun way you can have playing daily fantasy sports this season. You go up to up to twenty five times your money this football season. You pick two more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. You can test your skills on Prize Picks this season and go for things like Saquon Barkley over on yards, Patrick Mahomes on more touchdowns. Justin Jefferson when he's back healthy on, on yardage, all of that stuff. You could, if you're real sick, go PJ Walker in some ways for the Cleveland Browns in Seattle this weekend. 
They offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. That includes Taco Tuesday. Um, each Tuesday, Prospects discount select player projections up 25% to provide even more value. And they now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this season. Prospects also has a great reboot policy. Your entries are in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury assurance. Go to prizepix.com backslash LockedNBA and use our code LockedNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepix.com backslash LockedNBA and use our code LockedNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, last segment here. Again, debuting a new segment, What Matters Most? So here's how this is going to work when we do this. We're going to do this weekly. We're going to pick three topics. I'm going to name them. And Evan is going to... So if I'm presenting like I am here, Evan's then going to make the case back to me which one of these things is actually the biggest deal. We're, these are going to be kind of reactionary in the moment, trying to project forward in some ways. Um, this, is just, this is just us riffing after one game. So here are the three topics. Number one. Isaac Okoro looking good in his start, having a pretty good two-way performance. Number two, a wing scorer like Cam Thomas going off in night one of the regular season against the Cavs. Had a game-high 34, I believe, uh, against Cleveland for Brooklyn on Wednesday. And then number three, Evan Mobley playing with more intentional physicality. So, Evan, three topics once again. Isaac Okoro playing really well in his season debut. A wing scorer like Cam Thomas going off against the Cavs on night one of the regular season or Evan Mobley playing with more intentional physicality. Which one of those, in your opinion, matters the most? Uh, Isaac Okoro, just because it was a modern approach the Cavs took in the aspect that one, Okoro just makes sense on paper because he's your best point of attack defender and wing defender. You're playing a team that is primarily forward heavy and also like Mikhail Bridges had a very good game uh, for this season opener for the Nets, but like Okoro did enough to make Bridges uncomfortable at times. And also, like, you maybe saw Cam Thomas get rolling, and that goes hand in hand with Okoro because, like, when Okoro was sitting, especially as when Cam Thomas really started feasting and finding a rhythm and just got really hot. And then you saw JV Bakerstaff kind of quickly sub Okoro back in. And I think him just having like that complete game at either end of the floor is just like a huge confidence booster. And we talked about this last season, like he suffered that injury right after the game winner in Brooklyn um, last year, and it really killed a lot of his momentum. Like this is a good building block, and maybe it's just playing the Nets that does this to Okoro, but like this is a good building block for the coaching staff to trust Okoro and for Okoro to have confidence in his game so that he's able to make that two-way impact that a lot of people were hoping that he'd be making at this point. I th- So my... My first instinct was to go there because if he can be some version of this and, and, and obviously it's going to go up and down throughout the season. That's a really big deal for the Cavs to have someone who can be this kind of two-way helpful wing for them. That, that's just a big deal. So my, my instinct is to say that. I, 
the Cam Thomas one is the one I kind of write off the most just because I kind of think this has always been the weakness in the defense. And unless you're going to just like in big games, I think Evan Mobley might just defend some of those guys. I think that's also easier to do when Jared Allen's around. So like that to me just felt like Cam Thomas went off. Good for him. You figure it out. But if I'm being entirely honest with myself, I kind of think it's the Evan Mobley thing just because I think the biggest impact on this season is going to, of these three topics, is going to be what Evan Mobley does and what Evan Mobley is. And if Evan Mobley is going to level up as a physical player on both ends of the floor, but defense, that's where he needed to, to expand his game, I think more intentional physicality, I think an offense being more physical at the rim, going for offensive rebounds, battling, I think if that is something that all keeps coming for him, that's the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on this season if I'm, if I'm really projecting these forward in some way. Oh, in the grand scheme of this entire season, yeah, Evan Mobley's like growth confidence and kind of figuring out where he fits within one, this new offensive hierarchy the Cavs are trying to utilize, and two, playing the center more because last season when Jared Allen was out with that eye injury, we saw the Cavs find like a lot of success with Evan Mobley holding down the board at the five for Cleveland. And more importantly, like, it's been reported by Chris Fedor, and I think it just kind of makes sense when you look at it, like with how Mobley has progressed as a player. Like the, the Cavs kind of view Mobley as like a five term, and that's when you kind of make the decision of, okay, do we really want to play two quote unquote centers in our starting lineup, or do we like want to move on from Jared Allen? And like if Evan Mobley starts showing that he's more comfortable now instead of later at that spot, it, it does. One translate to more offensive and defensive creativity on J.B. Pickerstaff and his coaching staff's part, which we didn't even talk about this. Dave Yeager's now with the coaching staff, too. Like, maybe he's going to be involved with this as well. But um, more yeah, let's than actually, that. Let's, let's talk about the Dave Yeager thing. I think this is interesting yeah. because he he is, if you look at his resume, he was like the grit and grind guy with Memphis. But then he goes to Sacramento and he like played them really fast. And then Luke Walton like dragged them down. So it's now funny that him and Luke Walton are now colleagues. <laughs> it is interesting as you say it like that. And like Dave Yeager does have a reputation of overstaying his welcome everywhere he goes to. Like he alleged that Mark Gasol got him fired in Memphis. Um, but it was pretty clear that like Mark Gasol, Mike Conley, Zach Randolph, and everybody just like didn't like Dave Yeager because of how abrupt he was and just kind of how like hard he kind of was to work with but he is a brilliant mind in terms of just like he did play a part in memphis becoming like one of the best defensive teams in the league during that grit and grind era and they were already really good defensively in that vein and then like you said like they go to sacramento and you're thinking like oh it's gonna be like a grit and grind type of approach like it's gonna be really ugly basketball but like they modernized the offense and they really did play like a frenetic pace and um Mike Conley actually said like they were trying to do that in Memphis and like it just didn't work for the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies are an older team and like they couldn't run up, up and down the floor like that. Whereas the, the Kings at the time had DeMarcus Cousins, they had a lot of younger legs, but the Kings were also a not well-managed team when Dave Yeager was the coach because Vlade Divac had no idea what he was doing and they traded DeMarcus Cousins to the Pelicans and it created their season. So I don't know. I, I think where credit, where credit's due is like Dave Yeager could bring like some interesting approaches. I think the big band development aspect is certainly interesting with him, like in terms of just like a player development thing. Like he has worked with Demarcus Cousins, he has worked with Marcus All. He recently worked with Joel Embiid, and after like asking around and doing some research on my own, like he was the biggest advocate of the Sixers, like saying like, okay, 
Joel is our number one option and Tyrese and James Harden have to complement him and just be like accentuations off of like what defenses read and react Embiid on the floor and like I think that did play a part in Embiid like winning the scoring title last season and also was is or is a very smart approach and I wonder if like he kind of just maybe brings some insight and wrinkles just to give the cast perspective on like what to do with Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley does have the potential to be like that type of player for Cleveland where like he is the central focus on either end of the floor and then they build their offense like around how defenses read and react to him and then like obviously defenses have to adjust to other guys scoring and taking advantage of what Mobley is uh, kind of doing out there so like it's like an interesting like give and give, give and give effect like with Mobley and the other players and like it could be an interesting development too but that could play a part to go back to like this topic we're like flushing out right now. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Jaeger does provide that insight that could kind of just help that momentum towards Mobley, like becoming like the established, like number two option on the team, or like at least the second or very best player of this team by the time the season wraps. I think that's all right. I think, I think everything that you can do to evolve this offense and Mobley's physicality is, a, is such a part of that, that I, I'm really fascinated to see like how Bickerstaff talks about the Jaeger thing and and what his impact is, how much we can even see him around or feel it. Uh, the, I guess there's one other bit of news that we should just hit on just quickly, just because it's it's good if I can throw it in the SEO. If I'm being entirely honest about it, Miles Garrett, ever heard of him? Uh, is now a minority partner in the Cavs organization. Um, it's fun. That's just pretty cool. That's pretty it's cool, fun. honestly. I'm, I'm yeah. expecting to see someone this weekend wearing one of the the Miles Garrett Cavs jerseys they are now selling. I yeah. just that's the most Cleveland thing I've ever heard in my life. Someone's gonna buy one. Well, one, it makes it fun because the ownership group of the Browns, Jimmy and D Haslam, do own the Milwaukee Bucks. And two, now that Kevin Stefanski has already said he wants Miles to retire from playing basketball, you can say, listen, my, Kev, I I own part of this team. Like I it is my God given right to go out there and attempt ducks during warm-ups to entertain the fans but i mean he is the most popular athlete in cleveland it's a really smart marketing move on the Cavs' part to just get miles garrett into the fold because you already are every team is competing with the browns for attention just on a day-to-day basis but like having the most popular athlete in the city like associated with your brand and your team and he's already like a frequent guest at Cavs games to begin with it's just a smart move and also i don't know it's just it's it's cool to see the uh cohesiveness between like Garrett and the Cavs and just like other pieces too like i don't know like you think about like JR Smith going to Browns games shirtless or like Donovan Mitchell's first weekend in Cleveland, he was there for Monday Night Football. Darius Garland was like the honorary like team captain for the, or the honorary dog, dog pound team captain of the game. Like it's just fun to see like those crossovers between the organizations, and uh, maybe it's the new branch just because now that Tito's retired, he may not be at games as often since he'll probably just be chilling on his couch in Arizona. We're gonna end there. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Demerol. Back at you after the weekend, recapping the two weekend games. And looking ahead to the Knicks game next week. A spooky Halloween one coming up for you. All right. Well, have a good weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week. Thanks again to Jake Stevens. As always, peace out. Enjoy. Hoops, they're back.